Welcome to the Academy Podcast, a podcast dedicated to sharing rich content for the purpose of spiritual growth. The Academy Podcast is brought to you by the Academy for Spiritual Formation, an international ministry of the Upper Room. The Academy is dedicated to creating safe space for people to connect with God, self, others, and creation for the sake of the world. To learn more about our five-day and two-year retreat offerings, visit academy.upperroom.org. I'm your host, Claire McKeever-Burgett, and I serve as the Associate Director of the Academy. I'm also ordained clergy, a birth and postpartum doula, a yoga, dance, and movement instructor, a mother, a partner, a friend. We're glad you're here. In this month's episode, we are joined by Trevor Hudson, who has been part of the Methodist movement in Southern Africa for more than 35 years. Serving primarily around Johannesburg, South Africa, he is deeply committed to the work and ministry of the local congregation. He currently works part-time at the Institute for Creative Conversation of Northfield Methodist Church in Benoni, just outside Johannesburg. Besides his local commitments, Trevor travels widely preaching, teaching, and lecturing in the areas of spiritual formation, spiritual direction, and pastoral therapy. Trevor is married to Debbie, and they are the parents of two adult children, Joni and Mark. The following episode draws from Trevor's teaching at a five-day academy in October 2014 in Oklahoma. Touching on the topics of loneliness, longing, and friendship, Trevor offers insight, wisdom, and hope for all who long for deep connection with the divine. The theme that I am going to explore is the theme of transforming friendship. It must have been about three or four years ago, uh, I was with Suzanne at a Companions in Ministry course with Upper Room, when the seed of friendship was placed in my heart and mind as a very helpful metaphor for everything. A metaphor for our relationship with God, a metaphor for the church, a metaphor for mission, for ministry, a metaphor for discernment, And so, for the last two, three years, I've just been unpacking this metaphor of friendship, this image of friendship. And I'm looking forward so much to, again, just uh, sharing it with you and exploring it with you uh, over these next five days. But to start the ball rolling, I have given you these three quotations Uh, One from Gregory, The Life of Moses. If you have not discovered Gregory, I hope you will soon, Um, particularly The Life of Moses. Here is a quote spanning the centuries. This is true perfection. Not to avoid a wicked life because like slaves we servilely fear punishment, nor to do good because we hope for rewards, as if cashing in on the virtuous life 
by some business-like arrangement. I really like that. On the contrary, disregarding all those things for which we hope and which have been reserved by promise, we regard falling from God's friendship as the only thing dreadful. And we consider becoming God's friend the only thing worthy of honor and desire. This, as I have said, is the perfection of life. And so he holds out for us this vision of friendship as absolutely basic to our journey with God. If that's a bit uh, too elevated a quote, how about this one? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. I sometimes do funerals. Uh, well, I'm a local pastor. I spend most of my life within the context of a local congregation. And uh, often when I meet a couple or a person and I'm burying their loved one and they don't come to church, and I say, what can we sing? They'll say, isn't there something about what a friend we have in Jesus? <laughs> what a friend we have in Jesus. It touches something quite primal within our hearts and our minds. And then for me, a verse that has come to mean more and more and more. I no longer call you servants. I don't call you servants any longer. Because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learnt from my Father I have made known to you. I've called you friends. Uh, in January, I began a new writing project and uh, I was trying to find a first line Certainly, that does not measure up to any of the first lines that I've quoted. But the first line that uh, I came up with in the book that I am trying to write was this, and I'd like just to read it to you. If Jesus were to walk the streets of our cities and our towns today. I can imagine him saying to people like you and me, come to me, all of you who are lonely, and I will give you friendship. Come to me, 
all of you who are lonely. And I will give you friendship. I think there were two reasons for that first line. On the one hand, loneliness is loose upon the landscape. It haunts our cities, our soggy suburbs, our inner cities, our retirement homes, our university residences, It is no respecter of persons whatsoever. It afflicts the lives of those who are rich and those who are poor, those who are male, female, black, white. I think so often when we think of loneliness, we have a kind of picture of a person living on their own who is single as being lonely. Nothing could be further from the truth. Sometimes the person who is single, living on their own, is not lonely at all. And so there needs to be in our thinking some very careful distinctions <coughs> between aloneness, being physically alone, you can be physically alone without being lonely. Solitude, which is an experience of fullness and loneliness. And loneliness. For me, this is a home-brewed definition. For me, loneliness is that painful painful ache of the human heart for connection, for belonging, for companionship. And I want to suggest, you might say, Trevor, what a morbid first session. <laughs> I want to suggest that there is some good news that there's a treasure hidden in this loneliness without a face. There's a treasure. I think the writer of Ecclesiastes puts it beautifully. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. God has set eternity in the human heart. God has set eternity in the human heart. That there is in fact a longing within every one of us that no human being can fulfill. Only God. Only God. That we have been created by love, in love, to love. That we've been divinely designed for divine connection. That, that we carry this longing, this deep longing for the transcendent, for the eternal, 
for God, that there is a friend-shaped hole within each one of our hearts, that no human being, and this is not to diminish human friendship, human friendship is one of God's most precious gifts. We need to be careful of asking too much of human friendship. And it cannot fill that friendship-shaped hole in each one of us, that longing for divine friendship. For divine friendship. Come unto me, those of you who are lonely, and I will give you friendship. And so, I want to offer an invitation to you. It's an invitation to maybe put words to your own loneliness. To acknowledge it. Not to be ashamed about it. You might want to think of some of the moments in your life when you've been very, very lonely. I was thinking that when I grew up as a child, uh, how I used to play a lot of sport with myself. <laughs> and I remember, I think it was a kind of, my first experience of loneliness. You know, I would play soccer and I would represent both teams. <laughs> so I would run this way and then run that way. Uh, commentating on the game as well to myself. Uh, but I wonder if we can maybe trace a little bit of our own history, our own autobiography of loneliness. How, did, how it has affected us. How did it, sometimes loneliness affects us very, very destructively. We do some crazy things when we're lonely. Some crazy things. You may want to wonder about that loneliness without a face. That loneliness without a face. That friendship-shaped hole in each of our minds and souls that long for the transcendent, long for the eternal. Maybe think of some of the substitutes that you've tried to fill that hole with. Sometimes I wonder why we work so hard. Or go shopping all the time. <laughs> Consume. Or watch TV soapies all the time. Or drink so much. Or watch pornography. What are, we, what are we trying to fill? So, an, invita an invitation to maybe acknowledge and to face our own loneliness, our own autobiography of loneliness. And to embrace it. Not to be ashamed about it. To also claim that deep longing for divine friendship again. 
I had a wonderful spiritual director once. She was a, a nun, beautiful, beautiful woman. And she always used to say to me, Trevor, your longing is your bus ticket home. Your longing is your bus ticket home. Stay close to your longing. Stay close to it. It's your bus ticket home. Your longing for divine friendship. Be careful in our longing for divine friendship not to look for the presence of God but to look for the presence. There is nothing that diverts our longing more than when we get focused on the presence. Our deepest peace and our deepest contentment lies in the presence. The divine, active, living, conscious presence of God, the eternal in our lives. Your longing is your bus ticket home. Yes, yes, yes. As a birth doula and pastor, I often hear myself telling mamas while they are in labor, welcome the pain, surrender to the sensation, say yes. For it is when we fight the sensation, the pain, the feeling, whatever that feeling might be, that we hold up the process of birth whether birthing a child, or a marriage, or a friendship, or a vocation, or a life. Perhaps this is why Trevor's words on longing and loneliness resonate with me so deeply, when he encourages us to embrace the loneliness and claim the longing, to not be ashamed of it, but to treat it with curiosity and gentleness. I feel my soul stirring and my breath deepening. Instead of fighting my loneliness, I ask it, Loneliness, what do you want to teach me? I begin to welcome it as an old friend, and I can feel my body relax, my heart open, and my mind rest in the presence of God. Indeed, your longing is your bus ticket home. Our longing is our pathway to God. To hear more from faculty like Trevor, who are spiritual directors, pastors, professors, authors, and experienced pilgrims and practitioners in the area of spiritual formation, join us at the next five-day or two-year academy. For more information, visit academy.upperroom.org.